0: This is episode 19 of the WASH Talk podcast with Naina Lal Kidwai of the India Sanitation Coalition. Welcome to the WASH Talk podcast series from IRC. My name is Andy Narikot and this is the podcast where we open up the discussion on what the WASH sector needs to do to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get started. Prime Minister Narendra Modi has made sanitation a political priority when he launched the Swash Barrett mission, which aims to make the country open defecation free by 2019. It will then rid itself of being the world's largest open defecator. This means there is a lot of government funding for sanitation initiatives that help meet the 2019 target, while large businesses are also encouraged to spend part of their mandatory CSR funds, equivalent to 2% of profits on sanitation. So huge opportunities for India at the moment. Uh, Today we're talking to Naina Lal Kidwai about progress and challenges India has to confront to meet this audacious goal, and some of the initiatives that the India Sanitation Coalition are getting behind. But before we dive in, make sure you head over to ircwash.org forward washtalk to review the show notes and associated resources. So without any further ado, let's jump in. Hello everyone. Today I'm talking with Naina Lal Kidwai about the sanitation challenge in India. Naina is a banker and former CEO of HSBC India, and she's also the founder chair of the India Sanitation Coalition. She's strong views about sanitation and the environment which she expresses in her new book Survive or Sink: An Action Agenda for Sanitation, Water Pollution and Green Finance. So it's wonderful to have her on the show today as India nears its target of making the country open defecation-free by the 2nd of October 2019, which is uh, the 150th anniversary of the birth of Mahatma Gandhi. So, welcome onto the show, Naina.
1: Thank you, Andy. Delighted to be doing this with you.
0: Wonderful. But uh, it's great to have you on the show, and with such deep knowledge, uh, having written your book. um, In the book, you actually call for a holistic approach to tackle poor sanitation, water and environmental pollution. Interested from your perspective, why you think it's really important that sanitation is seen from all these different sides, from the health, social, environmental and from an economic perspective.
1: You know, to start with, Andy, uh, the whole uh, India sanitation uh, uh, agenda in India, which is such an important one, Uh, with the Prime Minister himself calling for action from the ramparts of the Red Fort two months into office, Uh, was uh, just such an exciting time to be here in India. And initially, uh, the targets were very much around toilet building, which is clearly important. You can't expect people to use toilets if you don't have toilets. But in fact, as we set out at the India Sanitation Coalition, which had actually been conceived of and started before this great announcement of the Swachh Bharat mission by our Prime Minister. And our agenda was holistic in terms of an approach that went from build, use, maintain and treat so that the entire chain of sanitation was focused on. So one aspect of it was to ensure we didn't stop at just the building of toilets the behavior change that was important to ensure people use the toilets, the fact that the toilets needed to be maintained so they didn't uh, fall to disrepair. And now what is a critical agenda at this moment, because we've actually crossed through that chain of build, use and to some extent the maintain piece, uh, is as we move to what we're calling ODF+. plus which is the treatment side, because otherwise we will have had one of the most expensive experiments in history where we basically funneled all the shit into toilets, but then it just finds its way right back into the fields and water bodies, which is exactly what we were trying to save in the first place.
0: Mm, absolutely. And in India is very much a rural and urban uh, divide there's a huge urban growth within indian cities and uh, that calls for uh, different solutions can you explain why you you call for you know these two um, contexts rural and urban to be treated so differently
1: and you know exactly as you say they're different and surprisingly the agenda has been of sanitation has been easier at the rural level uh, where villages have embraced sanitation far quicker than we have been able to provide solutions in urban india and so in rural india the focus was largely around provision of toilets the government had an excellent subsidy mechanism Uh, we brought in microfinance for sanitation so there was financing for sanitation for the bits that government was not subsidizing or being able to provide the funds for and toilets lo and behold came up at the rate of knots corporate india jumped in the government providing uh, these programs individual citizens coming forth with their savings and we got a sanitation agenda with a very simple technology largely which is a twin pit technology Mm -hmm. which works quite readily in the rural framework and uh, i think this success story which has seen india's provision of toilets go from 40% 40% coverage to 80% coverage. Wow. And uh, with a number of states, and I think you know we've got rank sort of failures of two of our big states in the north, which are the laggards right now. But other than them, pretty much all the states are well on target in terms of the actual provision of toilets. Uh, so the behavior change piece and the building of toilets, very effective in rural India. In urban India, in fact, we didn't need as much of the behavior change messaging because people were crying for toilets. Mm. The issue was the alternatives were not readily available. Uh, Community toilets have by and large been a failure. Uh, We have some systems where these work. And we're now looking to replicate these, but uh, you know where to set these up. Land is an issue. Where you need these toilets are slums, so the land doesn't exist for the building of the toilets. And then where people in the slums don't want that community toilet to come up next to them, so it's a big fight as to where to get the toilets going. And for each slum dweller with so little space to live in, to actually build their own toilet becomes a challenge. But lo and behold. Many are doing this, you know, you see these tiny little toilets that are coming up because the need to have it, the behavior change piece of this, it has been well achieved. The issue has been much more around uh, both the technology of having these small toilets or having working community toilets, which can be the shared toilet uh, in a pay-for-use type of model. Uh, So, the challenge in urban India is indeed a lot different, but the biggest challenge for us in urban India is going to be the treatment side of it, because the sewage connections really don't exist, and where that coverage isn't there, the process for actually getting the fecal sludge treated is very, very critical, and I think a very high focus for us now going forward into the next uh, few years
0: yeah absolutely um and you know this this uh brings to mind irc 's program on watershed uh, empowering citizens program, which aims to strengthen the capacity of civil society to help and improve governance and management of water services as well as water resources and they draw on all uh aspects of um, of this st- the stakeholder landscape i mean in your book you stress that Everyone, citizens, industry, civil society, media, the government all need to collaborate to address sanitation, uh, poor sanitation, uh, water and pollution. And this sounds um, like it needs to happen. But can you clarify, I mean, who do you think is in charge here? Is it is it something that the government needs to take responsibility for or it can be left up for the market to take on? You know, it's,
1: it's a great question, Andy. And, uh, you know, we are still struggling with the solutions but the purpose with which we set up the india sanitation coalition was this much needed collaboration in fact one of the inspirations for uh, those of us who set this up was there were four not-for-profits working in bihar in the same district and one didn't know what the other was doing so even within the not-for-profit community there wasn't collaboration forget the fact that we need that collaboration between Corporates and government and not-for-profits, uh, all, you know, different parts who essentially don't necessarily trust each other and uh, getting these different uh, strains beginning to work together. And the best examples where it works is when they come together. And let me give you an example because this is both, you know, for water and sanitation. Uh, in Muradabad, which, and I saw this actually uh, Through my HSBC years, uh, we sponsored a project where uh, it was WWF working with the local community and uh, an excellent collector who is the government uh, uh, designated head there. And you need that magic, and that collector was very critical to this. So, what really started was a citizen education movement to show everyone there that the water that they were in fact using was laced with metals. And Muradabad is a, a huge uh, uh, exporter of brasswares, which go all over the world. And, you know, whole generations have grown up basically making big and small uh, items uh, of metal, particularly of brassware. So it In fact, they had not even realized that they had messed up their water to the point that their children were drinking this messed up metal water, which was really bad for them. so it needed the sort of small scale industries there, which were uh, really, it was their livelihood, to understand and come together to sort out the effluent, to look after their water and to ensure that they were not polluting. So that was the citizen action part of it and the awareness. Once the awareness was there, they worked to ensure the continuity of the program. So the levers of what needed to happen to keep the water clean. But the collector who did all of this two years there went on. And often projects fail when that government champion disappears. But here, because the citizens owned the program, and it took the not-for-profit NGOs, you know, WWF, etc., to ensure it happened. Continuity is established. So I think the citizen part becomes key for continuity. You need government because they become the initial uh, incentive given. Without them, it's very hard to get going. You need the not-for-profit because they help galvanize and activate. And uh, uh, as in this case, the corporate support and money that came in that enabled all of this was key. And it is these sort of uh, projects which I believe are the mainstay of the country, where ideally all four parts uh, work together, but at least the three, which is government uh, slash corporate for the funding, and uh, the NGO, and citizens come together to ensure that this works. And uh, I think uh, citizens are going to be key, and that is what the Swachh Bharat mission in India has achieved, that the awareness by people of cleanliness and hygiene and the messaging around it. Uh, And in fact, I'm hoping going forward, we can begin to ask people, do they know where this shit goes? So that they begin to ask government that question so that government becomes accountable to ensuring that fecal sludge is properly treated is the kind of citizen action that becomes critical because it makes everyone accountable and citizens themselves come forward to ensure that the implementation happens in the way it should.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really good lesson, that that strong citizen action is what's necessary. And this sort of civic revolution uh, can be inspired by the government. It's the one who started it in the first place and triggered that, just like Gandhiji did many years ago. And, um, it, it, and and then it's continued by the citizens. I think that's excellent. And if the cons- citizens have this in their um, men- mindset as well, then that uh, triggers the uh, business opportunities. I think this is something that the the circuit the circular economy principle is being promoted by the, uh, among others, the Toilet Board Coalition. And offers opportunities for businesses, uh, entrepreneurs who are all from uh, civil society to run profitable sanitation businesses and, and attract green finance. Um, but it's still, in the, you know, it will be difficult to attract investment that focuses on serving the poorest and hardest to reach, I think. You know, this will usually require some form of, of cross subsidy, perhaps. Or do you see other options there?
1: Uh, so, I, you're right. I mean, you know, the, the sort of for-profit model where we need the entrepreneurs uh, will tend much more towards services in the urban area because it's not just about technology. Uh, there's been maybe a lot of focus on technology and we need that, you know, toilets with less water, low-cost toilets, uh, etc. But it's also about the services. And, uh, you know, I, I love to use the example of uh, what the municipality achieved in uh, Kampala where uh, by enabling citizens to start businesses in collection of faecal sludge and delivery of it, all being done in a very clean, organized way, which did not require human handling, where these barrels of shit, which just pretty much slipped under a pot and were sealed and put outside the slum dweller's home for collection, went out to a factory factory Uh, through a wheelbarrow bus sort of collection mechanism to be treated and was used as fertilizer for cotton uh, fields around. And it created 10 millionaires. So those are the sort of models which don't require NASA scientist or technology to really happen. It's really connecting the dots to a point where everyone in that process makes money, is allowed to make money, that government then doesn't step in and say, hey, you can't be making money off citizens. It should be an agreed pricing, uh, not a rapacious pricing. But once done, we allow people to prosper, delivering essential services, such as the whole process of sanitation and waste handling uh, as it exists. So I think these models of uh, both from the service in front and entrepreneurship from the technologies and the provisions therein, it could be from the running of community toilets, it could be from the treatment of fecal sludge, Uh, all areas where money is to be made. But I agree that for rural India, it's somewhat harder. But to the extent that we see that faecal sludge is also a wealth that can be used because it's rich in nutrients and with the right treatment, it's fertilizer and fertilizer helps in the fields, provided it's properly treated. Uh, it is that those linkages which we need to ensure get properly handled and worked on. And there is money to be made. I have seen models in solar lanterns where money is made from a woman who runs a solar bank which charges the solar lanterns which light up villages, or the water treatment bank where people come to collect water and the poor pay for these services. So it's not like it's not possible to have these models, but they have to be uh, developed, created, and uh, assistance provided to make these happen. And uh, it can happen in a micro enterprise at the rural level but of course much easier at the urban level but at both we need more entrepreneurs in this space and there are estimates and i provide this in my book where the the number of jobs that we could be seeing from as green jobs is uh, you know can run into millions of jobs for a country like ours which is so underserved in these spaces and as much as 40% of those green jobs would be in areas to do with sanitation and waste management.
0: Fantastic. Well, this is almost like a second revolution uh, of business in sanitation, uh, which is great. I mean, and I, and I guess that's the role of the this India Sanitation Coalition to sort of pull all of these different uh, parts together. I mean, can you tell us why did you set up the India Sanitation Coalition? I mean, and how do you see it evolving um, when... India declares open defecation free in
1: 2019. Well, uh, it's a why did we set it up? I mean, it's to my mind as an Indian who was very engaged in the water space, and in fact, I was in Stockholm at World Water Week and hanging my head in shame, as inevitably the conversations also covered sanitation, and India was sort of declared, uh, you know, the sort of world polluter in this space. And uh, people wringing their hands in despair, saying, hey, the country wasn't doing enough and Bangladesh moved ahead, as indeed it had. And India had a long ways to go, which it still does. But the journey we've covered the last four years, I think, has closed the gap between where we need to be and where we started off. So uh, it was really the inspiration coming from uh, being exposed to how the rest of the world looked at India and the connection between that and the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, Because if you look at sanitation and water, uh, without it, we can't tick many of the boxes on SDGs. So it became critical to work in these spaces And uh, one of our big agendas at the India Sanitation Coalition is uh, bringing corporate India into this because corporate India didn't dabble in sanitation. They were very focused on things to do with education and health but didn't see sanitation and health as a connection or sanitation and education as a connection. So uh, we've helped them uh, cover that. And in fact, uh, we've uh, not just unlocking the CSR money or the corporate, you know, uh, sort of sustainability money that corporates spend and trying to encourage them to put it into these sanitation agendas, but also on corporate volunteering, where we are taking forward a program called Swachita Doots, which had been developed by uh, Hindustan Unilever for their factory workers, where we are now taking this to other companies and their factory workers Will be messengers of change in the villages around the factory. So the role of corporates becomes key. And that was a very important part of what we wanted to do at the Sanitation Coalition. And then, of course, as mentioned earlier, to help create a platform for these collaborations uh, between government, corporates, not for profits, funders, citizens, uh, so that we can get better examples of uh, collaboration across all these spaces.
0: Excellent. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, so obviously the much-needed intermediary role that uh, an issue so complex as sanitation uh, definitely needs. But I couldn't help uh, uh, noticing on the uh, ISC website that uh, many of the members uh, are all women. Uh, that can't be a coincidence. Uh, <laughs> why, why is why is a gender-based focus on sanitation so important? Do you think?
1: Yes. Well, uh, I think just a lot of the talent that we've tapped into were women. I'm happy to mention to you now that for our Maharashtra initiative, uh, while the head is a woman, her three other members that uh, work with her are all guys. So it's not that they don't exist. We managed to tap into them. And uh, we're getting better with the gender (laughs) mix. But I'm delighted that we have this very talented, driven bunch of women who work with us and uh, have helped us through a journey where we also had to correct course and learn as we went along and learn to scale back our own ambitions as we worked. But I'm happy to state that even in our three year journey, uh, what we're doing has been noticed. Uh, We've been awarded by the government for some of the work we're doing. And it is gratifying to uh, at least note that while we can never fulfill our own ambitions, at least what we manage to do gets noticed from time to time.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you, uh, Naina, and thank you for your incredible contribution to the cause. I think uh, so many people appreciate your your work, especially the India Sanitation Coalition and um and for anyone listening to check out um Nana's book it would is an absolutely essential part of fighting the sanitation fight which is again called survival sink an action agenda for sanitation water pollution and green finance so nana thanks for coming on the wash talk podcast
1: yeah thank you andy and delighted that we could do this and delighted that you push these great courses. thank you
0: that was nana alkidway of the india sanitation coalition thanks Naina, for speaking to me on the washtalk podcast if you like this discussion and would like to help do your own thing to raise awareness about the sanitation challenge in india then why don't you share it share it on social media and use the hashtag washtalk to join the conversation with uh, your peers so don't miss the next episode in a few weeks but until then thank you all for listening